Hi, I'm Ron Barr, and this is today's edition of Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8-Side Network. Time to take you inside the game as we do each week with Super Bowl winning coach Brian Billick. Of course, you've seen him on the NFL Network and also on the Fox Sports Network covering football. And, of course, he joins us each week to take a look at what happened last weekend in the NFL and look ahead to the next weekend as well. First of all, let me ask you, Brian, there was a trade that was made just before the trading deadline. Von Miller goes from Denver to the Rams. When I saw that, I said, wow. Now, I know they gave up two draft choices, but really, I think to a Rams team that has all the talent that they have, this could be the one that really nails down the possibility of getting a Super Bowl. How do you see it? Well, it tells you the Rams sitting there at seven and one are all in. I mean, they're 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 that defense, which, like you said, it's not like they 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 were not good on defense. But to add that, and you're always looking for when you have a, a pass rush presence, you're always looking for a counterbalance. Obviously, with Aaron Donald on the inside, teams have to focus. Whenever when I was coordinating and as a head coach, the first thing you do when you look at a defense is okay, who do I have to account for? Where do I have to turn my offensive line, chip with the back, put the tight end presence? Where do I have to account for? And if you have a guy like an Aaron Donald that you have to account for, and now with with on the outside what they've been able to add, I mean this 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 change this changes the price of poker for obviously for the Rams who are are playing very well right now. You know, all through uh, our discussions each week, you've said this season, you know, this is different. Uh, I've seen some different things, and uh, certainly we saw in week number eight some different things. The biggest upset, I think, uh, this past weekend was the Jets beating the Bengals 34-31, and they did it with Mike White. Now, that's not a name at quarterback that many people probably have heard before, but uh, really, if you take a look at what he did against, you know, a uh, Cincinnati Bengals team that had beaten Baltimore the week before, he threw for 405 yards, three touchdowns, caught a two-point conversion pass on the go-ahead score, and uh, while starting in place of the injured rookie Zach Wilson, pulled off probably the most improbable victory uh, of the season. How does that happen with a guy who doesn't have that much experience at a key position like quarterback? Yeah, that's that's the sixty-four million dollar question, you know. And we talked about it in my book, The Q Factor. It's just one of those things that's the combination of things. Now, can he continue on with it? That becomes the key. And and it, and it underlines something, particularly in the AFC, because we've been talking about for a while, Ron, how wide open this race is. Every team in the AFC has at least two losses, and every, even the good ones, Tennessee. The Raiders, Baltimore, Buffalo, all have at least two losses, and each of them has a loss at home. That tells you that this, that particularly on the AFC side, and I would say on the NFC side as well. Certainly, there's some more outliers, but but how closely this is clumped, and from one week to the next, as evidenced by just what you were talking about, Cincinnati and the New York Jets. Who would have picked the Jets all but at home? to beat Cincinnati, particularly Cincinnati coming off that high of a huge win on the road at Baltimore. Yeah, this is one that tells you, particularly on the AFC side, I don't know that you can say there's a clear-cut favorite. And you made a very interesting statement, Brian, in saying, Mike White, can he do it again? Uh, you've got a, a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. What about that that walking the thin white line where you've got a guy you're trying to develop in a rookie like Zach Wilson, and then you have somebody have a performance like this. What do you do about starting him and not eroding the confidence 
in Zach Wilson? No, Zach Wilson will play the minute that he's healthy. What this does do is, particularly with a good, solid win like that, is give Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, and the Jets organization a little confidence in going, well, let's just don't rush uh, uh, Zach Wilson back. Let's make sure that he's fully healthy. Rather than, is, is he ready to play? Is he ready to play? Is he ready to play? Not that teams will necessarily do that, but it gives them the latitude that if the doctors say, well, yeah, he could play, but but one warm week would make the difference or would be very helpful, this gives them a little confidence to say, okay, I, I think we can, I think we can, you know, survive one more week. Maybe have another good uh, session here because in week nine with the Jets, um, this is a team that you know they're then they're just struggling for re- relevance. But they're going to play Indianapolis on a short week on Thursday night. Uh, Indianapolis very good defensively. It'll be interesting to see if they indeed they go with White or they get Wilson back into the lineup. And, of course, the other head-scratcher and surprise, not so much that the Cowboys beat the Vikings 20-16, to but they did it with Cooper Rush. <laughs> now, I had never heard of him before, and then when I watched the early part of that game, I thought, uh-oh. But Dak Prescott hurt. They had a big lead. They have a big lead in their, in their division, so therefore they could put him in there. And even if he lost, so what? They still have a, a, a big lead. But what about his performance? Yeah, and, and, and it was interesting because you're talking about against a good Minnesota Viking defense. Dallas, who uh, has been, you know, obviously, if nothing, balanced with Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard running out of the backfield and what Dak Prescott's been doing. But they not only put Rush in, but he threw the ball 40 times and had over 300 yards and two TDs. They ran. Uh, uh, only 24 times and only for 78 yards. Now, their defense played very well. Kirk Cousins, who's been very hot, was 23 of 35, but only for 184 yards. Um, and so that, you know, and, and even with that, Dallas, uh, they came up with the explosive plays. Uh, 73-yarder to Wilson. Uh, uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, C.J. Lamb, excuse me, had 35-yard. Cooper had 33-yard uh, reception. So they were explosive, balanced, uh, and again, for Dallas, that gives them a little bit of confidence. I mean, obviously, Dak Prescott's going to be back in when he's ready. They play Denver at home. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. This gives them the confidence to go, well, you know, let's just make sure that Dak is really, really healthy on that calf strain, and, and maybe we're okay with go ahead and playing Rush one more time. Yeah, one of the other games on the schedule we talked about last week looking forward to was the game between Green Bay and Arizona. And for obvious reasons, these are the front runners in that NFC. And, and really, Green Bay probably should have lost that game, but they win it 24-21 on a late interception. And I'm just wondering, in watching that game, what did you come away with with these two teams? With the fact that they could win on a game where Aaron Rodgers, um, they had less than 200 yards throwing. Now, typical Aaron Rodgers with on 22 completions, he had two touchdowns, no turnovers. But they ran the ball for 151 yards on 34 carries. They were hurt you know, because of the uh, uh, COVID protocol. They were without their top receiving core, so they knew they had to run. But on the road, Ron, we talk about it every week, the ability to win on the road against uh, – Arizona Cardinal team that was seven and zero, and not that Arizona is a tough place to play in terms of the noise or whatever, but still it's on the road, uh, and so this is a good solid win. And the fact that the defense was able to come up with turnovers, they had two interceptions off Kyler Murray, which is huge. 
Uh, so, you know, Arizona played fairly well offensively, did a good job defensively in terms of kind of containing Aaron Rodgers. But the fact that the Packers were able to run the ball 34 times for 151 yards shows the balance that Green Bay has and uh, is going to bode well going into the playoffs. Tennessee only has two losses. They got a scare from Indianapolis, maybe a game that they should have lost, but they won 34-31 in overtime. But they really did lose with Derek going down with an injury that's going to put him out for an extended period of time. Uh, What does that do to Tennessee? Well, Tennessee is the ultimate in we're going to be balanced. We had the most dominant player, non-quarterback player in the league. We've talked about it for many weeks in Derrick Henry. And they're playing better defense. Uh, But it did show that Ryan Tannehill, because of that, was able to step up. Uh, He was 23 of 33 for uh, 265 yards, three touchdowns. So, you know, they're, they're, they're still going to be a solid team, but it underlines what we talked about in the AFC. Um, all the AFC teams have question marks. There's any number of things and at the top of the AFC when you're talking about Tennessee and the Raiders and Baltimore and Buffalo. They, they each obviously very good teams, but they have questionable things as well that you could say, okay, I, I'm not ready to put the stamp of the dominant team in the AFC Tennessee, who has kind of been up and down, has have won some really good games, but have lost a couple of games that you kind of have the head scratcher. Uh, but still, they're, they're as good as anybody in the league right now. But losing Henry, will this is definitely an impact for a team that relies on balance. Yeah, we have about 30 seconds before we have to break here. The loss of him, certainly, I, I wonder how psychologically a loss of such a key component of your team, especially in the offensive side, how does that affect a team overall? Well, you prepare your team for that during training camp. You don't, you don't rely on during the season when you have a huge loss uh, of a player and just say, okay, you know, next man up. The whole mentality is, of course, well, the next mm-hmm. man up. Well, the next man up, by definition, isn't as good. Otherwise, he wouldn't be the next man up. He'd be starting. Uh, so, But what it does is the mindset of the team is, okay, defensively, we've got to be a little bit better. Ryan Tannehill, i got to be a little bit better. Maybe we need to be a little bit more explosive because we're probably not going to be as dominant in the running game because that's such a big part of the formula for them. It's like losing a starting quarterback on a team that throws the ball so much. I mean, this is, this, this is a big loss, but it's not insurmountable for Tennessee. We're going to continue uh, talking with Brian Billick inside the game, the weekly feature. We'll look at week number nine in the NFL as we continue across country and around the world on Sports Byline. You're listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Welcome back to Inside the Game. Each week, Brian Billick, Super Bowl winning coach with the Baltimore Ravens, when he was a head man, joins us each week, takes a look back at what happened in the NFL, and then look ahead to the next following week. And as we look ahead and look at the key games coming up this weekend in the National Football League, I guess the marquee game is Tennessee against the Rams. This should be a good one. Yeah, it is. Two, two of the, you know, obviously in their respective conferences and even in their divisions, the Rams look right now in the NFC to be the most complete team. With all due respect to the 7-1 Arizona Cardinals and the 7-1 Green Bay Packers, the Los Angeles Rams, who are also 7-1, offense, defense, Matthew Stafford. Ron, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. I was excited about seeing what Matthew Stafford was going to do on a team where he didn't have to throw the ball 650 to 700 times. Now, he's on pace for a 550-throw year. But that's that's minimal for Matthew Stafford. He's th- literally thrown the ball 700 times in a, in a single season with the Detroit Lions. But they have bound, and his numbers are still high, closing in on better than 5,000 yards projected, better on you know upward, upwards of 40 uh, touchdowns to single digit interceptions if he stays on his current pace with a team that's also very good on defense. So the Rams are are this is the most formidable game that Tennessee will play now particularly going on the road, and we talk about the value of winning on the road all the time, Tennessee going in is very well suited to challenge the Rams because of their balance. But now with our injury to Derrick Henry, this changes the price of poker. This means a lot more is going to fall on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders, more in the passing game. And for the Rams with uh, Darnold on the inside and now picking up Von Miller to come off the outside, uh, this is going to be quite a task for Tennessee because the passing game, um, it's hard to imagine that they're not going to have to have a big game throwing the ball in order to beat the Rams at home in L.A. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the 49ers. They had lost four in a row. They go on the road, beat Chicago. Chicago, of course, that type of win. But it's still a, it was a struggling San Francisco team that had injuries. And also there was some question about their quarterback. But when you look at this game against Arizona, Arizona coming in down with their 7-1 and one record, 
This is an interesting matchup. I don't know what the win against Chicago will do for the 49ers and Garoppolo. He was good in the second half that allowed them to win, running for two touchdowns. So break it down for me, Coach. Well, it, you know, yes, this is it's going to be a real litmus test for San Francisco. Now, never, ever will I diminish a win in the National Football League, particularly on the road in Chicago. Even though Chicago's a struggling team, they got a rookie quarterback. I get all that. Uh, but San Francisco can feel good about that win. And, and like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo played fairly well. I mean, he only threw the ball 28 times, but he had over 300 yards. Uh, and that that's very that bodes very, very well. Particularly, they had four, excuse me, five explosive plays in the passing game. So that's going to bode very well for them going forward. Uh, and they ran for 145 yards. Now, the key for them, and again, we realize that they've dealt with a lot of injuries, and you're talking about you're stepping up in division now with the Arizona Cardinals at 7-1 that are as good as anybody in the league, particularly in the NFC, and Kyler Murray. And can they contain Kyler Murray and what he's been able to do? They've kind of been up and down the field. Uh, and, you know, Green Bay did a nice job with it, kind of turned into a track meet that, you know, at the end, uh, the turnovers were obviously the difference. Clearly, San Francisco, the key for them is they, too, are going to have to get Kyler Murray to turn the ball over. Let's talk about New England and Carolina. This is an interesting game because both these teams come in with their four and four record. This game will be played in Carolina. You've been very high on uh, what's been happening with the New England Patriots, new quarterback, their rookie quarterback. <laughs> What happens then, do you think, with this game? They are they are probably the most surprised team. You asked me that last week about who I thought the most surprised mm -hmm. team in the NFL was. And I said at that time I thought it was New England. And the fact that Mac Jones, their rookie, who's playing with more of a veteran presence, uh, they're showing balance, they're running the ball well. They ran for 141 yards against the Chargers. Um, and and did a good job. They got two interceptions off Justin Herbert and three sacks. So they're they're playing a complete game. But Matt Jones is showing his ability to work within the framework of whatever it is we do need to to do to win. You know the Patriots under Tom Brady certainly were known for that. They'd morph if they had to th throw the ball 50 times in a game to win, they'd do it. And if the next week they thought they could run the ball and would run it 45 times, had no problem doing that in that transition. Well, they're doing the same thing with Mac Jones. There's times when he's had to throw the ball a great deal. He, he threw the ball 35 times, um, and but had a little over 200 yards, no touchdowns, but no interceptions. And they ran the ball for 141 yards. So yeah, I think Carolina has, we've seen that they have struggled as late being without Christian McCaffrey has been a big loss for them. They haven't got out of the quarterback position, what they thought they were going to get when they got Sam Darnold. They're still very good defensively, but I think this is a chance for new England to go on the road against a very solid Carolina team and show that they are indeed, you know, a legitimate team. Uh, and, and the fact that the Patriots going on the road to Carolina are actually a two point favorite. Uh, you, Carolina might, or I should say the Patriots minus two and a half. So that tells you that the betters are even looking at that and saying, you know what? We think Mac Jones is the real deal. Yeah. Another game of interest, uh, at least to me. And I think most fans is going to be the Minnesota game after they come off the loss going against Baltimore coming off a loss as well. This game will be played in Baltimore. 
But uh, I think it'll tell us about both these clubs, what their potential are, whether Minnesota is going to be playing out the string, even though it's just the halfway point in the season, and Baltimore, whether they can overcome adversity and a loss and get back and get some rhythm going. Am I correct in that observation? Yeah, everything about this shit said Baltimore should have a great game. They're at home. We know how good a team they are. Kurt Cousins has been very – he's been spectacular the last couple of weeks. Last week, not so much. Uh, 35 attempts for only 184 yards. Uh, didn't have as many verticals uh, as they had had. They ran the ball okay. They've got Dalvin Cook back, so that's going to be important. Because when you play Baltimore, a big part of it is you've got to win the time of possession. You've got to be balanced. You've got to move the chains. Don't let that really good offense come back on the field. For Baltimore, yeah, they lost to Cincinnati. And let's remember, they really probably should have lost to Indianapolis. It was a phenomenal comeback in the fourth quarter. You have to give them great credit for that. But at home, Indianapolis really had outplayed them, and they really should have lost that game. So this is one all but at home against a solid Minnesota team. They ought to match up very, very well. Uh, but that remains to be seen. They're coming off a bye, which is a good thing. That means they have a little extra time to kind of heal up, figure out what it is they need to do. Um, the biggest thing is for, for Baltimore, that Baltimore defense, they got to get a better pass rush, and they've been giving up a lot of big plays. So for Kurt Cousins, the challenge will be, can we come up with those big plays that we need on the road against a team that has given up big plays? Uh, and Kirk Cousins and company have been able to do that in the past with Thielen and Jefferson and then handing the ball off to Dalton Cook. Very impressive win for the New Orleans Saints as they beat Tampa Bay, handing them their second loss of the season. This week they're going to be at home against Atlanta, but they have lost Jameis Winston. Uh, what, what, what do they have at quarterback uh, to continue the continuity and the success? Well, uh, Trevor Simeon is a very competent backup that, you know, Sean Payton will have a lot of confidence in and in, in basically orchestrating the game plan. They've got to run the ball well, which they did against Tampa Bay for 152 yards. The key is obviously defense. The defense is the strength. This is hard to say. Uh, you never think you'd hear this about the New Orleans Saints, but minus a Drew Brees. The defense is the strength of this team. Now, having said that, and they did a great job against Tampa Bay. Having said that, Tom Brady had almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. But he did have two interceptions, and he got sacked three times. So that's the key. The New Orleans Saints, their ability to put pressure on the quarterback, get turnovers. Trevor Simeon will orchestrate the game plan. He'll, he'll do just what Sean Payton wants him to do. They'll run the ball or will try to run the ball very, very well, with, like they did against Tampa Bay. Uh, and that's going to be the balance they're going to need until they can get a Jameis Winston or even a, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the tight end converted quarterback, um, Taysom Hill, be interesting to see if he can come back before um, J- Jameis Winston, whether they'll put him in the quarterback position, because I thought he really was going to be their quarterback as we went into the season. So it'll be interesting to see what that situation is. But Simeon is a capable backup, but they're going to have to rely on defense in the running game to win. Only have 40 seconds left. But Las Vegas goes on the road to take on the G-men. The Giants, how do you see this one, Coach? Well, the great win by the Raiders to come back with all that was going on and obviously a solid win for them uh, to say, yes, we, we, we can overcome this. It's, that's against the world. We talked about it last, last week a little bit. Uh, but now they got to follow up with it. 
And, and that's got to be the key for them. Uh, we talk about West Coast going to East Coast, and obviously Vegas we think of as the West Coast, uh, and the difficulty with it. The Giants are an okay team. They're showing signs. Obviously, uh, they played Kansas City much tougher than a lot of people thought they would in a 27 or 20 to 17 loss uh, that they really had a chance to win. Um, and they're at home, and so they'll present some challenges for uh, for the Raiders. But I, I really think. Derek Carr, all the weapons they have. I think this is a great opportunity on the road to revalidate, to kind of hold serve, as we say, after the win they had last uh, last week, to say, yeah, we we can do this. We can go on the road and do this and, uh, and, and, and have a good, solid game. And Derek Carr, I think, will match up very well against that giant defense. Okay, Coach, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Sounds good. Brian Billick with us each week for Inside the Game. We continue on Sports Byline. You're listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Antron Brown joins us on Sports Byline. Now, if you're a motorsports fan, particularly NHRA and drag racing, then you know the name Antron Brown. He's won three Top Fuel championships and is the sport's first African-American champion. And let's go back to the beginning, Antron. Your dad was a drag racer at the sportsman level. You maintained the cars as a child. 
and began racing motorcycles at six, motocross at 12. Tell me a little bit about going to the track and racing with your dad. It was a lot of fun. It was actually my dad and my uncle, my dad's brother. So it was my dad, Albert, my uncle, Andre, and we just grew up around them, man. And, and both the, like, you know, my dad and uncle, I was very blessed for them to instill. I don't know if I was blessed or not, but they instilled <laughs> this drag racing disease, I want to call it, because once it gets a hold of you, brother, you can't quit it. There ain't no medicine for it. The only medicine is to keep going and doing it. You know what I mean? So, so just when I was able to go to the racetrack with them, what I learned at an early age was it's just what you get out is what you put in. And that's what drag racing is all about. You see the results right away. Like, you go, all right, well, we're trying to go just a little bit quicker. We're trying to make the car that much better. But what we learned along the way, we learned that we made a lot of mistakes. When we thought that we were going to make the car better, we usually took a couple steps backwards. We always had to take a couple steps backwards before we were able to get to where we were before to take that little half step forward. But along that way, we did a lot of growing and learning. And, uh, and that's why I remember, that's what really drew me into drag racing was that we learned from our mistakes, but it didn't hold us down. And the only way we got through it was with persistence. That's the only way we beat that resistance, with persistence. And, uh, and I remembered it like yesterday, and that's what helped me push myself towards where I'm at in my career right now. What's the best piece of advice your dad and your uncle ever gave you about uh, racing? The best piece of advice that my dad and uncle gave me about racing was is that is that they always told me that to humble myself. Never think that I was going to win everything that I lined up to. To try to put your all in it. But And what they were preparing me for was they were preparing like basically let me know that I was going to lose a lot more than I was going to win. But the crucial part of it was when they told me taught me about losing was not to stay down is to figure out don't kick like don't kick the car don't throw your helmet on the ground figure out why you lost so you can go back in and restructure yourself and build yourself so you can go forward you know what I mean it's yeah like, don't harm use that to use that as your fuel to drive you forward is what my dad and uncle taught me the most when I was uh, growing up as a kid because I'm telling you we were raised in sportsman ranks. We lost, lost a whole bunch, <laughs> and we we won a lot of rounds, but we didn't win the race. You get what I mean? And it took us time where you're racing against hundreds and hundreds of competitors in your class, and you were winning a little bit. You get what I mean? Like, we won, like, a couple races a year out of, like, 40 that we entered. You get what I mean? So, sure. So that that's a big difference. You get what I mean? But when you win, you took it in, and you and you remember what got you there. You try to repeat it, but you never can repeat it because it was just that hard and tough. I mentioned that you were the first African-American champion in NHRA, and as I was saw that and I was thinking about it, um, what you had to deal with on the track, just from a, a sport competitive standpoint, is one thing. But there's something I've always noted about NHRA. Whenever I was out covering uh, a track uh, event maybe it was in the summertime. I remember being up in up in Canada and watching the sun go down at about eleven o'clock, and they were out there racing on a Friday or a Saturday night. Did you have to deal with any of the other stuff that other pioneers and other sports had to deal with from a racial standpoint? Yeah, 
actually was been fortunate for me in drag racing. You know what I mean? No matter where you go, you're gonna you're gonna get some ridicule or kickback. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like you know when I first started racing pro stock bars, like and you, and you went to some of the some of the states or something like that where it, it's still. You know what I mean? And uh, but now in today's area era, I haven't seen any of that. You get what I mean? Like when I go back into like the late nineties, did I see some of it when I went to the southern states? Yes. But I can't even recall that's even been brought up or we've been seeing any of that in our sport because our drag race, NHRA Camp World Drag Racing Series sports is what we've been so blessed with is that we're so unique with so many different cultures in our sport. I was just going to say, one of the things I'm interested in is <laughs> how you get comfortable on a motorcycle at the speeds that you were racing when you were six years old and not having anything in front of you to protect you. And then all of a sudden you have to transition and you did transition into inside of a car. I, I'm just trying to wonder how you get your head and your mind around something like that. Well, of course, I got loose nuts up there in that head. <laughs> Trust me. But uh, the thing about it was is that I just grew up on motorcycles. So when I grew up on motorcycles, that was like second nature to me. That was like people walking every day because I grew up and I was around them all the time. You know, and uh, a lot of people don't realize, like my dad and uncle, yeah, they drag race cars. But my dad used to drag race motorcycles, and my uncle had tons of motorcycles too. So when I grew up, I grew up on their motorcycles riding up and down the street and it was a blast you know what i mean and uh i remember i was 13 years old and i can couldn't even touch toes on my uncle cr 1000 and he let me drive that motorcycle up and down the street he put me on he said, go ahead boy take it for a ride <laughs> i'm like what uh, time of my life i just remember that man all the things i got to do as a kid that kids these days don't get to do, but that's what I try to expose all my kids to is like all the things that I was exposed to because it opened up so many different opportunities and things for me to do. You got your NHRA career started uh, when NFL star Troy Vincent stepped into your life. Tell me about that. Well, Troy, you know, it was some of my best times in my whole, my whole life. To be honest with you, not even my race career in my life is a, uh, I was very fortunate when Troy came in. Troy actually married my cousin, Tommy. And uh, and Troy wanted to start that professional race team. And Tommy goes, well, you know, I got a cousin that races motorcycles. And, and told him about myself and got me involved. And that's when it all started. And um, and it was very unique. And I, it was definitely a family involvement. And, uh, and we all got together and Troy started this team. And I can't think of enough the way he mentored me and was a big brother to me and just really taught me how to be the best version of myself. You know, and, and a lot of people say not to be like him. He taught me to be the best version of myself. And he always pushed me and strived me to, to excel and to execute excellence, plain and simple. And, and, and that's the one that, he helped me break those barriers, those walls down. Remember, we were talking about the racial issues, and right. stuff Like that, what you see. And he was the ones that he was one of the ones that taught me, just like my great grandma did, to say, "Hey, names can't stop you. 
names, people call you names, and people try to call you out your name. You know what? That can't stop you from being who you want to be. The only thing that stops you is you for them, for them bringing you down and for you taking notice of it and they showing it that it affects you. And that's what Troy taught me. Troy goes, A.B., he goes, we're here to be elite. And the way you cut through all the nonsense is executing excellence because people start respecting you for what you put out there on the racetrack. And there was truth behind that. When you go out there and, and you go out there and do your craft at a all-time high level, like take people in existence like that's transcended their sport like Michael Jordan transcended basketball. He made basketball a worldwide sport. Right? Right. People didn't see Michael because he was African-American. People saw Michael because Michael was great. He saw Michael as Michael the human being. You know, Michael is from the culture of African-American, yes. But people saw Michael for how great Michael was and what type of person he was and, and the athlete and how he strived for greatness each and every day. And he strived for greatness of all the people around him on his team. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it's going to be on performance and not on the color of one's skin. Let me ask you about 2008. You switched to Top Fuel Dragsters. And you won the Top Fuel Championship in 2012, 15, and 16. Who were your racing mentors? Because I know you uh, raced for Schumacher, and there were other great names on the circuit. Who were they that, that really did help and put a hand out to you? Man, I tell you what. You know what really started me? Uh, I'm going back to pro stock motorcycle. Dave Schultz, the six-time world champion, he was the one that really – took me underneath his wing when I came to support racing motorcycles and showed me the way. And then when I was out there, it was actually Daryl Gwynn. Daryl and his dad, Jerry Gwynn, who, when I was racing motorcycles, that put this bug in my ear and goes, you need to be a fuel racer. You'll be great at it. And ever since then, I just watched and learned under Daryl's wing and just the person he was and what he's went through. Even through his tragic accident, how he came back in our sport, and he's always had a smile, and he's never showed that he had a bad day. You get what I mean? And then by rubbing elbows and being from like people like John Force, Kenny Bernstein, Mark Oswald, who's my crew chief now, and my crew chief Brian Karate, like all the people that I was around, and I was able to just lean off of and see what made them great in their careers. You know what I mean? I'm like, Kenny Bernstein was like the Budweiser King. <laughs> and John Force is like the guy who's still in our sport now. And he's like, you know, when you look at Mount Rushmore and you look at the people that's been in our sport, like that's won all the championships and stuff like that, like from like the Kenny Bernstein to John Force to Joe Amato's, you get what I mean? And you look at all these people that have done so much stuff in our sport that's up on that mountain, you know what I mean? And the Tony Schumacher, eight time, top field world champion, the Larry Dixon, the Dom Perdones is up on Mount Rushmore. He's the one that cultivated our sport being a professional sport. I got to rub elbows and talk with each and every one of these great drivers and team owners in our sport that really I looked at them where they came from nothing. You get what I mean? Like, they made who they were. Like, John Force was a truck driver. Kenny Burns used to be a textiles and turned into a professional drag racing driver. 
business savvy mind, Joe Amato. He was definitely a great uh, businessman on the auto on the auto part industry, but great driver, professional. You know what I mean? So I've learned from all of them. And Kenny Bernstein was the key element to me because he brought the true professionalism on how you want to carry yourself and how you want your race team structured. It's Bernstein. He's always been at the top of the list on how he carries and how he was perceived in a professional manner. But he was just the ultimate true professional of our sport. We only have one minute left, uh, Antron, and I know you're launching your own drag racing team, AB Motorsports. And I'm just wondering, I saw the quote, I'm just trying to be the next in line to take up the torch. In about 45 seconds, tell me about what you want to accomplish. I just want to be able to be another brush of fresh air out there, open the doors, give people a chance to live their dream and open up more doors of opportunity for people that want to come in. And I hope I could be that bridge to help get, bridge that gap that we need more of. We need more young talent. We need more young, inspiring people. And we need to bring the opportunities of NHRA drag racing to every kid out there in the inner cities, outer cities, the country, and let them know the opportunities that we have in our form of motorsports. And that's what I meant by that. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to us about your career because it has been an outstanding career, no doubt about that, with the three championships uh, in 12, 15, and 16. You are welcome here anytime. Please come back and join me again here on Sports Byline. Well, I appreciate it anytime, and thank you for having me on so much, and I appreciate the love always. Antron Brown, again, if you're a motorsports fan, especially NHRA and drag racing, you certainly know that name. He also was a pretty good uh, high school athlete. Listen to this. He qualified for the U.S. Olympic trials in the 100 meters, and I can just imagine him stepping into the blocks and looking to his right and looking to his left at some of the great talent that was there, and now he has taken that talent onto the track and in NHRA and in drag racing as well. We continue across the country and around the world. It's good to have you with us on America's sports talk show, Sports Byline. You have been listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8Side Network. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. 
Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.